sure Trev Lamb's down to Maria's on comms tonight. He's a busy man, though. He'll be hosting NBL Overtime again this week. He'll read his work, nbl.com.au. And he's always very generous with his time to us here on Sport FM in Perth. Liam, good morning. Good morning, Jacob and Wayne. How are you, fellas? Good. Um, you got the game tonight or you got a night off? I am on the game tonight. It's a late one uh, over here in Eastern uh, Daylight Time. 9.30 start over here, but uh, really looking forward to it. These two teams, Melbourne and Perth, both both on that bubble. Um, Melbourne, of course, they're, they're 6 and 10, so they've got a bit of a mountain to climb. But Perth, two wins on the trot, as you guys were just talking about, and um, a really big game for, for them in front of their home fans. And looking forward to it, because uh, as we just mentioned, John really was on the program last week. He said, we've got to address our home form if we're any chance of improving our record this year. And their home form, for whatever reason, hasn't been at the level we've expected. Uh, no, I think that's, that's fair to say. Yeah, they, um, they had two wins and, and four losses on their, on their home court, which is uh, really not what we're used to seeing over the long uh, history of, of the Wildcats uh, you know, succeeding in the NBL. And they've always been a dominant force at home, but, but not so much last season, especially late in the year, and, and certainly not so much in the first part of, of this season. But... Oh, I like the fact that they've been playing well, uh, playing a bit better in recent games. The win over in New Zealand, where Corey Webster caught fire and, and had a massive game, and uh, and then the win earlier this round in Adelaide, uh, where so Sean Thomas had his best game of the season. Corey Webster continued to play well, and of course Bryce Cotton was his scintillating self, 32 points and, and massive in crunch time. So uh, some really good signs that they're starting to turn the corner a little bit. And uh, which really sets the table for tonight. A, a big home win um, would essentially, you know, would really be a, 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 a kick in the guts for Melbourne and their, their uh, hope to kind of build some momentum into their season and um, would, uh, you know, put the, the Wildcats in a really good position to start building their way up into that top six and potential top four. Liam, from what you've seen, is their best good enough you know, to push the top couple of teams? Uh, yes, I think it is, for sure. We've been speaking about this in recent times, Wayne. Um, they they have the pieces, and uh, offensively, they can, you know, if they they can have the potential to really click and, and, and get, some, get some things done. They've been poor. I think I'm right in saying they've scored over 90 in both, both of their last two games, that win over New Zealand. Uh, 92, and then they were just a basket away from triple digits against Adelaide. And when you got Bryce Cotton, Brady Manick, Corey Webster, these guys all scoring points. Then you got guys like Sean Thomas. He had a 20-point night. You know that Todd Blanchfield, Luke Travers have the potential to have nights where they can put points on the board. There's no issues at the offensive end. Uh, it's just whether they can bring it defensively and on the glass, they have been doing that a little bit better in the last couple of games. And uh, so when they do that, they can beat anybody in this league on any given night. Can they do it consistently uh, over the second half of the season when things are going to get really tight in the push for the playoffs? If they get in, can they do it in those big games when uh, the whips are cracking in the postseason? That's what's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, you can't discount any team that's got Bryce Cotton in it, and I think that's something we all recognise, but consistency is, is what the Wildcats will need from here. What about the Jack Jumpers? They caught fire in that last quarter Ooh. yesterday. That's one of the great wins of the season. I think it's the first time they've beaten the Kings up there in Sydney and a bit of retribution for the Grand Final Series last year. The Jack Jumpers announced themselves yesterday. They really did. It was, it was a spectacular display in that fourth quarter. Um, it, was a, it was a close game, late in the third, maybe two or three minutes to go. It was a four- or five-point game. 
And then Xavier Cooks, uh, the, Sydney went small. They put Cooks at the five, but they made him the point five. And he had four straight assists to close out that third quarter and put the Sydney Kings up 12. Then they score early in the fourth. They're up 14 on their home court. And the jack jumpers just would not go away. A couple of quick buckets, cut it to 10, timeout Sydney. And then they just kept getting stop after stop after stop and hitting big shots down the other end. Jack McVeigh, three fourth-quarter triples and a number of massive baskets from Milton Doyle down the stretch. What a resilient win. The comeback from 14 down against the defending champs who are top of the table and go on to win by, by six or so. Remarkable stuff from the Jack Jumpers. Um, they do it time and time again, hang tough and execute well down the stretch. And they're eight and six now. And I think this team is going to finish inside the top four yet again this season. What about the Taipans? Just got up over the, the Hawks, which, uh, which have struggled, of course, which is causing concern, I'm sure, with the, uh, the NBL itself. Um, sitting in fourth part, but lucky to get through that one. Yeah, a little bit of a get-out-of-jail-free uh, in that one, double overtime, and really the, the, the Hawks, they should have won that game. They should have closed that game out, just like Sydney should have done against, against Tassie. Um, heartbreak for the Hawks in recent times. Two recent double overtime losses, a, a one-point loss on the buzzer to Sydney in Sydney, and uh, yeah, they let this one slip away. But yeah, credit to the Taipans on their home court, they... They were able to eke out a win, find a way to win in difficult circumstances. And, uh, yeah, they've got a healthy record, 8-5, and five, holding onto that spot that they have in the top four. But, I don't know, the jack jumpers are really coming hard for that spot. And, um, you know, I think when all is been done, they're probably going to get it. Liam Santa Maria is with us. Uh, one game still to come as part of the round tonight uh, between the Perth Wildcats and Melbourne United at RAC Arena. Did you see enough from United in their win over Brisbane to suggest there's something to forge ahead with in this season, or that was just a win over another struggling opponent? Good question. I think a little bit of both, Jacob. You can't deny the fact that the, that the Bullets uh, are struggling. You know, they, they come into that game four wins and eight losses, and, um, you know, they've had some turmoil in their organisation in recent times. But you also can't deny the fact that, the, that Melbourne United... Looks pretty good in that game. That was that was a good win, and they looked like a bit closer to the team, the closest version we've seen this this season to the team that they put together over the off season that they envisaged they would be this year. They have Marcus Lee starting in that Ariel Hook party spot with Isaac Humphries coming off the bench. That's how they designed it initially. And they had Shay Yelly back in the lineup and at the starting point guard with Xavier Ratan Mays coming off the bench. That's how they designed that to look. And as a result, um, they played really well. So definitely something to build on. And the other thing to keep in mind, Melbourne United are three and one now on the season with Shay Yelly in the lineup. They're three and nine without him. So he's a huge difference maker and he's gonna be in uniform tonight against the Wildcats. Well that's I don't like the sound of that. Um, <laughs> so what, what, are you, what are you expecting tonight? I'm expecting a, a great contest. Uh, they will put Shaley on Bryce Cotton, and he will chase him around and, and see what he can do, shutting down the little master. And 
Um, the uh, and the Wildcats will look to to go at to Sean Thomas again, try to get him involved because it really looked looked good. Um, have you know get him having a twenty point night and and being a productive scorer on the interior. So um, can your Perth get get Bryce Cotton going despite the attention from Shaili? Can Melbourne United get Chris Golding going? Um, despite the attention that he'll get. And I'm, I'm really interested to see what uh, John really does with regards to Chris Golding, because if he's starting Bryce Cotton and Cor- uh, Corey Webster in the backcourt like he's done in recent times, who goes to Chris Golding? Because that would usually be Mitch Norton off the tip. Uh, do they put Luke Travers in that spot? Uh, I'm really interested to see those matchups to begin that game tonight. Liam, it's an interesting stage of the season, isn't it? And a number of teams have played a different amount of games. You've got teams like New Zealand and South East Melbourne and Melbourne have all played 16 games and a few have played 14 and the Taipans have only played 13. How many, how many changes do you think we'll see to the ladder from here? Because it's around that time of year where the ladder takes shape and there aren't too many changes heading into the second half of the year. It's Sydney on top from the breakers, but below that, uh, do you expect many changes? I think there might be a little bit of of moving and shaking there. Uh, you, you look at that top half of the ladder and you can get a bit of a gauge there. That's the sort of teams we're going to see in the postseason. As I said, I think Tasmania is going to get into that top four over Cairns. I think there's the potential for South East Melbourne to get into that top two over one of Sydney or New Zealand, most likely the Breakers. The, the, the Phoenix are really on a roll now. They've won five of their last six and they are super talented. Simon Mitchell has them playing at a really high level. Um, and then who gets in at that back end? Does Perth hold their spot in the top six? Do Adelaide bring in an import and, and start to get going? I, I think that current top seven, that one of that, the top six will be made up of that group. One will be unfortunate to miss out. And then it's all about where you're positioning from there and who can have form going into the postseason. Liam Adelaide have been a frustrating team this year, and I think you probably hinted at that when we we're talking about the Wildcats game a little bit earlier. But now they slump outside of the the, the playing tournament window that'll be there at the end of the year. They've changed their roster a lot. There was a lot of excitement when we spoke pre-season about their roster and what they might be able to do. And yes, there've been some circumstances unforeseen that have presented themselves. Is it a failure for Adelaide if they don't make the top six this year? Oh, massively. Absolutely. They, they, they put a really talented squad together over the off-season. This was, you know, CJ Bruton went into this off-season saying, all right, great, this is my chance to actually put the team together. I inherited that group last season, and he recruited spectacularly. Antonius Cleveland, Robert Frank, um, they, they looked like they had they brought Anthony Drimmick back. Uh, they looked like they had a team to, to really make some noise. We saw him go over to the the States beat the Phoenix Suns in historic fashion um, but think some things haven't really worked out. Craig Randall uber talented but was always a risk there was a risk in that signing because there were character red flags and in the end they came back to bite the 36 and they had to let him go uh, coming into the season the word out of the players on that Adelaide roster, uh, Robert Frank and Tonyus Cleveland in particular was championship or bust with this squad. So if they don't even make the postseason, including the play-in tournament, well, that would be an out-and-out failure as far as that organisation and that club is concerned. We shall see what they can do over the remainder of the year. One game tonight, 
and hopefully another win for our Wildcats in a massive match for both teams, Perth and Melbourne at RS Arena. You'll hear Liam Santa Maria part of the coverage. Liam, um, do you get any sleep in before the game with the late night or what? You just power through. <laughs> I think I might just need to power through, yep. fellas, and, uh, and then... Uh... Yeah, see if we can push through. See if the adrenaline of a close game can carry us through that second half. We hope for a good finish. Liam, have a great week. Have a great call tonight. Cheers, fellas. Liam Santa Maria joining us. NBL writer and broadcaster. The season's starting to take shape. South East Melbourne, a couple of great wins at the weekend. Looks as though they're starting to firm, and, and Liam said that to us a couple of weeks ago. Melbourne United, perhaps they're starting to turn a corner. We hope not tonight. It's a good rivalry that we have with Melbourne. Always has been. They think they're the top dogs, and regularly we've just gone, oh, no. No, excuse me, we are, and have been for a long time. So big game tonight.